Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded Extra. And uh, I'm joined here with uh, Dylan Wall. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks, Patrick. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, well, there's a lot going on right now. As the trade literally broke, what half an hour, oh, 45 minutes ago, Matt, because yeah. Matt Drake is is in charge of writing the article as we're recording this. I am indeed. Thanks, thanks to Pat for helping me out on the European kid that I had, uh, honestly hadn't heard about until today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're. I mean, like I haven't followed Lexon a lot, but uh, obviously I will have to do after this. But uh, let's start first and foremost. Tyler Toffoli is gone. Uh, it is. It was sort of expected. Um, it is a loss for Canadians. It's also maybe it tells us a little bit about the um, the. Uh, rebuild that is going on they haven't really called it a rebuild yet but we sort of expected it especially with um a first round pick uh, a prospect tyler pitlick uh, uh and uh, there are no one here to play next year really for the montreal Canadiens. yeah i mean this this kick starts the rebuild for sure i mean they they haven't said the word rebuild really but th- this indicates that they're definitely on a rebuild i mean we're what on an 11 game losing streak right now and now we're taking tyler to fully out of the lineup and the only player coming back who can slot into the lineup uh would be tyler pitlick right now so let's face it the the habs are are worse right now than they were uh 45 minutes ago before the trade went through but this is to be expected right we we knew that they needed to start selling off assets we knew that he was possibly one of their most valuable assets that a lot of teams are going to be interested in. There've been rumors that Calgary has been interested for at least a week, maybe even a little bit longer than that. So I'm not surprised to hear it. It definitely weakens them, but this is a sign that absolutely Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are committed to actually rebuilding this team, right? You get two draft picks, a prospect and, you know, a warm body for your roster in return for Tyler Toffoli. It suggests very clearly that they are uh, 100% on a rebuild reset, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, to pick up on what you're saying, Matt, um, firstly, it does tell us a lot about how this organization is going to be run. Clearly, they are, you know, as some organizations run dollar in, dollar out. Some are contract in, contract out. This organization is going to be a Tyler in, Tyler out organization. We, we've got to make sure that our, our Tylers are being replenished at, uh, at a suitable rate. And uh, in regards to what you're saying, though, about Toffoli being one of our most valuable commodities. I completely agree with you that he is both from his contract, 
He's only 29 years old. He's a multiple time Stanley Cup winner. And he's been actually good, actually putting up. I think he's got like 17 points on this year, which is uh, exceptionally good for considering the team that he's playing on. So the fact that this was the return on possibly like our biggest our biggest piece to move. And, and of course his contract, cause like maybe Brendan Gallagher, all things being equal is a bigger piece to move, but, I, but his contract makes him virtually unmovable. So with this being the big bullet in the chamber, so to speak, it didn't really do a lot of damage, did it? No, I mean, I, I guess it depends pretty greatly on what happens with, uh, with Heinemann and what happens with that first pick that they got. Right. So the pick is protected. Now, um, Treleving is doing his press conference there and he mentioned something about it being conditional, but the reports that were out there have said that the pick is not conditional, that it is protected, which means that if Calgary lands in the top 10 of the draft, which we can agree is quite unlikely barring some unfortunate disaster in Calgary from now until the end of the year, the Habs will have two first round picks. So the big question on whether or not this trade ends up working out for them is what happens with Heinemann and what happens with that pick? I think we can agree that Tyler Pitlick is a throw in. And so is that fifth round pick, right? The yeah. fifth round pick is at best a lottery ticket. Um, one for which yeah. you don't have very great odds of, of winning anything huge, but that first round pick could be massive depending on who they end up getting with it. So this is kind of, um, I don't want to say this, but it, it's kind of a bag of magic beans and it, you know, it's, it's going to depend it, the success or lack thereof when it comes to this trade is going to depend highly on whether or not those magic beans grow into a, a vine that allows us to climb up the ladder and into the Stanley cup playoffs. And just for the beeps going on, it's Lexon's uh, coach uh, that is texting me back. So I'll have an interview with, with him uh, coming out on ice on the price tomorrow or, or, or yeah, tomorrow it will be even nice even European time. But yeah, um, it, and, and let's move on. Really, we, we know the commodity. We don't know the commodity that first round pick will be. We were expecting a first round pick, but then we we'll look at at Heinemann because uh, the rumor is that, or, or what has been said is that uh, Montreal has been asking for him in return. There were some better, great prospects, I think, in in Calgary Flames. I understand that they didn't want to to commit with either of them. Um, so, so the, you get a sec early or mid second rounder. Um, I think it's uh, it's an interesting pick. I compared him a little bit here. Um, it's it's a lot of people are saying uh, Lekonen. I see more of Yes Ilan in him. I'll be honest with that. But uh, it, it is an interesting pick, and I will have to follow another team in in Sweden a little bit more. It's also the fact, and, and let's get this out of of, of the way directly. Uh, he just signed a three year contract extension before Christmas. Uh, I'm unsure what that means for year two of that. But next year, my understanding is that he can't be taken from Lexons uh, at that time. Uh, I'm unsure if they can take him for year four, his draft year, plus four year, or if he has to, they have to wait until he's out of that year as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's an interesting pick. Uh, high offense. Maybe not as smart defensively. I'll see him as a top six, uh, middle six, bottom six guy, uh, power play time. Yeah, what concerns me is that he's already on his third uh, organization 
um, and he hasn't even played an NHL game yet. Now, that's just me uh, reading between the lines. So that can, that can, that, that can be that can be two way. I think I, I've actually thought about it because that that is something I pointed out as well. Um, either he's being asked about quite a bit because they're not going to give up their top prospect outright. So they give us a, a prospect that has value. And and I haven't heard anything out of Sweden coming out that he would be difficult in the dressing room or anything else. Oh, I wasn't going to suggest that. I wasn't going to suggest that he was difficult in the dressing room, but rather just that um, he's already been sort of a, a you know, he's, he, he's been traded a couple of times, I guess, and, and teams very rarely trade their top prospects and he's only been he's he's only draft plus two i think right now like he's drafted in 2020 2019 2020 pardon me he's drafted in 2020 and so it's it's concerning to me like to get traded two times in two years since you're drafted suggests that both organizations didn't see him as a piece of their future and you know it's uh it's Obviously, the first round pick is what this is centered around, but it's yeah, it just uh, it, it's it's underwhelming in the fact that he's trending so high on Google search results. It's <laughs> also very telling. Yeah, I mean, look, when when I heard that Toffoli, like when the news broke, because there's been news or reports at least that they were interested in him for a while, right? And then when it broke today and it's like, oh, this is close. They're actually getting close on it. A lot of us were looking out and we're saying, okay, Jakob Belsier or Matthew Coronado. Those two, either one of those two, I think would have made a lot more sense based on what I know. Number one, Matthew Coronado, he plays, uh, was playing before with Chicago Steel with Sean Farrell. And now he's playing at Harvard with Sean Farrell. So this is a player that they would have had definitely a lot of time to evaluate. They would have definitely seen him play many, many times. At, at the very least, they should have had a scout that's, that's seen him play many times. So you would think uh, when you look at Calgary's prospect pool, that's the guy that you would, I mean, I, I was surprised that it wasn't him. Maybe Calgary wasn't willing to give him up or maybe because Calgary is reportedly interested in Ben Sherrod as well. Maybe there's a second deal coming along that's going to see us getting either Pelletier or Coronado. I, I just looked at our EOTP chat as well. And Nakan Antoine just put a thing in there that's showing the, the projections for Emil Heinemann showing that basically we're looking at probably a third liner. Patrick, do you think that's correct? Do you think that's a little bit conservative? I'll say the same thing. I'll say, you know, middle six, bottom six, somewhere around that. That's where we sort of have Jesse Ilonen as well. I would assume he could slide into a top role as well. I mean, like we have seen that. I didn't expect uh, um, Golovson in, in Buffalo to to be a top line player as well, but he's there right now. And and um, it didn't really look like that when, when he went over to North America, but obviously he, he he's gotten there. Um, so, so there, and I can see some similarities between him as well. Uh, Heinemann is bigger, uh, maybe not as good on the skate, but the shape, uh, the shots are pretty, pretty good, both of them. Uh, so, so yeah, there's similarity between that as well. And also, um, neither of them were super strong in the defensive end. And, and that mm. is really what you're going to have to do. Do you put him, do you put a player that is supposed to play offense on your third line? Or do you put him on the top line to, to make sure he's in the offensive zone? Yeah. 
So knowing that and knowing that, you know, relying on your experience and, and agreeing that this is probably a third line or middle six player at best, I would call this an underpay, which is interesting because if you look at Twitter right now, Calgary, Cal- Calgary fans clearly think that this is a huge overpay by their team to get to Foley, right? But most Montreal fans and myself included at this point, I would say it's probably a bit of an underpay, right? We're getting... That uh, makes it a fair trade, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. In, in the in the grand scheme of things but when i'm looking at that the supposes return, that everybody's opinion is equal yeah it Sorry, supposes every it supposes everyone's opinion is equal look what i'm looking at here Yours is, is more got, important we got the prospect is probably a third liner at best right let's say he realizes that and he becomes a third liner for the montreal Canadiens. great uh, and let's say he's a valuable bottom six player uh, and does pretty well for them, but doesn't blow the doors off and doesn't, you know, he's not a difference breaker, uh, difference maker in terms of whether or not they get back to competing anytime soon. Uh, the fifth round pick again is a wash. It's a lottery ticket. It's like, maybe you get Brennan Gallagher, or maybe you get somebody who never sniffs the NHL, right? Plays in the Olympics um, a couple of years later. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Pitlick. Um, <laughs> that's a warm body on your roster, right? He's not, He's definitely not helping this team get back to competing. I don't think he'll be with the team long-term. Interestingly enough, two of his cousins are currently within the organization, but that's kind of immaterial. Really, it seems like they've centered this around the the first-round pick. So honestly, again, going back to it, now I don't feel so bad saying this. It's a bag of magic beans for Toffoli. They got a bag of magic beans for Toffoli. And if that first round pick doesn't pay off, if they don't get somebody legitimate that can slot into the lineup in the next couple of years, then we're going to be looking back at this trade and saying, well, they lost. And it's hard to say that you lose any trades right now when you're the Montreal Canadiens, because you're not trying to compete right now. Anyways, you're trying to compete in the future. But the question here is not necessarily, are you winning the trade now in the short term? It's, are, is your team going to be better in the future? Did you get enough in return for Tyler Toffoli? And I think when we're looking at this right now, I think we can say, you know, not necessarily confidently, but with a reasonable degree of foresight. No, they haven't gotten enough for him. If he was on if, his last year, if he was a UFA next year, I would say, okay, this is a pretty good return. But now Calgary gets multiple years of a pretty damn good salary on Tyler Toffoli. And they only had to give up what maybe one of their top 10 prospects is he even in the top five for their prospects i don't think so a first round pick a fifth round pick and a guy that you were barely using anyways i feel like there was more out there for tyler to if i can uh, pick up on that matt i mean like i i do agree the the first thing i'd say is um it's it's all it's basically what we were what we were being groomed for as Habs fans in the sense that we keep on reading Ben Chirot first round plus Ben Chirot first round plus and like look if a Toyota Tercel costs you $1,500 and a Lamborghini costs you $350,000 like let's be honest that's the difference between Ben Chirot and Tyler Toffoli right (laughs) so obviously that doesn't mean that a team is going to be able to trade their whole team for Tyler Toffoli which would be the equivalency here but it is just to say that Based on what we were hearing as Habs fans, this was a this was a return that we were expecting to get from Ben Sherratt. Now, the only thing that I'm going to say about this in terms of uh, like we agree the fifth round being virtually, you know, nothing. The Ryan Pitlick being here today, gone tomorrow. It, and uh, Heineman is, is maybe it's something, maybe it's not. But the, the one thing that I'll say is that it's possible 
it's possible that and I'm not a huge draft ex- expert kind of guy, but it's possible that that Montreal's leadership here, Kent Hughes and uh, and Jeff Gordon, they are very high on what a first round pick means in this draft. I have read that it's a deep draft, but you kind of read that every other year. So maybe, maybe not, but it's possible that they're think they're sitting here saying like, if we get 20th overall in this draft, it's huge for us in the future. So it, that's the only, the only way that I see this as justifiable is if they think that a first round draft pick this year is worth like two first rounds any other year. Yeah. I mean, especially like, I, I agree hundred percent. I do think it's a deep draft. I've been watching a lot of juniors, especially with all the lockdowns here in Quebec. I haven't been allowed to do anything else. So I've been kind of sitting at home watching <laughs> as much junior as I can possibly get. And I definitely yeah. think this is a strong draft, right? It's deep. Um, so, some uh, would, okay. some would definitely argue that it's maybe you don't think it's deep. I don't think it's that deep. I think it's deep. I don't think it has the top end talent that we're going to get next year. Right. You got Bedard and Mitchkov next year. I don't think we're seeing that from any of the guys at the top end of this draft, but I think it's deeper in terms of, you know, how many NHLers are going to be available in this draft. So that's just my thought. And that's me primarily watching Canadian junior CHL teams. Uh, Pat, you've obviously got, uh, you're a little bit more plugged in on the European side. So I'll defer to you on that end. But um, I, I, I wonder if they don't have a couple of people that they're looking at in the first round and they're saying, okay, if we can get our hands on some of these kids, we'll be good in, I don't know, three, four years to be back in the playoffs. And like you said, maybe on that front, they're valuing it as maybe having two picks in other drafts. And that's why they're looking to acquire these firsts. Maybe they've scouted enough people that they figure are going to be available later on in the first round that they're more comfortable acquiring that. Right. Well, I, th- I think you can use it as leverage in a trade. That's another thing. Uh, a, a draft pick is, you know, it's more enticing in some trades moving up the board rather than just having it, uh, having another prospect to hand over. Yeah, and we, we also don't know, like, what, what do they have planned trade-wise yep. other than this, right? This is the only thing that we know of. And it, it seems, it sounds odd to think that they would trade away any first-round picks this season, but who knows? If Calgary ends up, I don't know, let's say they win the Stanley Cup and their pick ends up being super low, right? It's the dead last pick in the first round. Maybe you trade that, you punt it into next year, Right. But let's say you lose the lottery, you end up third, you might want to move up to second because you're probably not going to trade the first. But but let's say no. you have that extra first round pick and say, okay, you get another extra first round if I get to move up one spot from uh, third to second in order to get a player you really, really want at that point. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I haven't seen Heinemann play. Maybe they saw something. Maybe they know something we don't, Right. Again, Pat, you're, you're the European guy, so uh, we'll, we'll have to lean on you for that. And it's great to hear that you're going to get an interview with the coach. I mean, I'll, I'll be definitely sitting here refreshing and waiting for you to finish that article so I can read it. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they saw something that we haven't, right? I mean, who honestly predicted that Arturi Lekkinen was going to be as good as he is other than Pat? I don't think anybody really <laughs> predicted that. I don't think anybody 
a, a, around the NHL. I don't think any Twitter scouts or anybody predicted that. The only reason that anybody at EOTP knew how good he was is because Pat was following him. Maybe they got somebody in Europe that's been watching this kid and saying, hey, get him, get him, get him. We don't know, right? I mean, I'm looking at the stats for Jakob Beltier in the AHL, and he's definitely scoring at a better rate, but it's in the AHL. Heineman has what 16 points in in how many games in in the SHL? I think you would argue that 36. You know, I think it is SHL teams probably skate circles around most AHL teams. It's also the fact that I mean, like what what I like to see here is also the progress. I mean, like he's already beating last year's record, uh, yeah, record from from point wise. So I, I like that. Uh, um, and it will be more in the article that Matt is is actually typing up as we speak. Um, it's been great having you on. Just just. Quick end thought here, uh, Dylan, yay or nay? Uh, it's a nay with the with the caveat that uh, I would be delighted to be proven wrong, both either on the first round pick or Heineman being much more important than what I'm currently valuing them as. So not quick, but nay. <laughs> Matt, yay or nay? Yeah, I, I got to give it a nay too with... Uh, also with a caveat that it is a bag of magic beans, right? And you don't know what you're going to get out of that bag of magic beans. So uh, again, I would also be very happy to be proven wrong about that and to see one of those beans sprout into something fantastic. Uh, But I guess, you know, realistically, it's a nay for me for now, but we'll see at the draft if they can turn it into a yay. Indeed. And uh, I'm I'm, uh, in the, for for looking forward to, to evaluate this, uh, maybe after the draft or, or maybe even after next year's draft. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can follow Dylan at, uh, uh, what is it? Have Statistician. Now you change your name now, Dylan, right? Yes, it's Have just St- Dylan Waugh. Underscore Dylan Waugh uh, yeah. and Matt Drake at, at Matt Drake. Uh, be sure to follow them. Great guys, great guests. Thank you guys for listening. This was Absent Minded Extra. <laughs>